unlocking what was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Mike, now that I'm 30, I feel obligated to go through the deluxe car wash. Feels like the next phase in my adult life. That's the next step up, I feel like, once you hit 30. Bird watching and then deluxe mm. card washes. But uh, we're live, Neil. Oh, well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm enjoying the first few weeks of being 30. Haven't spotted too many different birds here in the mm. Toronto area. I might have to go up north or down south. Go go down to uh, the Galapagos and, and check out the finches. I'm sure that that's something I'd be really into. But what's the deal with the super deluxe car washes? Have you ever gotten one of those? Because I'm always just like the basic package. Give me the soap water and that blow dry at the end, and then I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm just curious, like, what the what's the difference? If any listeners yeah. out there are, are super deluxe people... When it comes to car washes, like or just in deluxe. general, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, like what what's going on, like like is it different soaps? Like they yeah. don't wax. Like I've I waxed my car once or twice in my life. I've mm. never done the um, what what's it called? The undercarriage uh, rust proofing or uh, whatever. Yes. I, I might have done that once, like at Canadian Tire. They might have talked me into it. It's not really a thing in different countries, but in Canada, when uh, for eight months of the year, the roads are basically nothing but ice, water, and salt. Um, <laughs> it just destroys the underside of your car. But uh, with car washes, I really don't know. And there's a big price difference, too, between like like 12 bucks for the regular and then like 30 for the deluxe. It's like, yeah. man, what are you doing in there? I want to know what goes on there. I hope you get pampered in there. Maybe get a little, I'll try it. little spa day. Something yeah. that'd be nice, but uh, Neil, I have a new segment uh, here Ooh. today. It's uh, it's called I'm calling it my sus things that I see sus uh, suspicious okay. things, as I call it. Mm. Uh, don't have a jingle from Victor. Maybe soon. Maybe if we do this <laughs> more often. But uh, uh, what I mean by sus things are just when I am out in my my daily routine and I just see people doing weird things. And and I got a couple examples of of these, Neil, and maybe you can okay. follow follow up on some of them too, but. Uh, one is just walking through subway cars is always strange to me when, when I'm in the subway and someone just walking through, but then you see them again later and, <laughs> and you're like, okay, you didn't find what you were looking for. Uh, keeping pace with someone else for a long time or like someone else keeping pace with you for a long like time. Walking. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, that's a, always a weird one when you like, you're okay. walking and the, the person beside you is also kind of walking that pace and it's like, buddy, it's, yeah, this geez, is no good. This is no good. Yeah. You, you, you got to slow down or speed up. This is on you. You have <laughs> caught up to me. So you have to decide on the pace, but, uh, uh, also elevator door opens on the top or bottom floor of a building and the person is in that elevator and they don't exit. <laughs> yeah. Where are they going at that point? Maybe they're just riding. They're just, uh, just vibing <laughs> with that elevator that day. Ride or die on the I, elevator. I, I've had the elevator stop at certain floors and like no one gets out. Sometimes that happens. I think that that's just either someone hit the button by yeah, accident or the elevator glitched. But yeah. it is kind of creepy when it like gets and like you look like you all kind of look at each other. But I definitely don't want to start a conversation on the elevator. So it's like I'm just gonna let this fly. It's even weirder when you don't when so that that person doesn't say anything. Yeah. Like, when they don't say like oops. Hit the yeah. wrong button or something like uh, my parking uh, in my apartment. My parking is at the the bottom floor. And one time mm -hmm. I, I legitimately got freaked out. It was like relatively late at night. I came home and I went to the um, the elevator and I was waiting for it. And obviously no one is ever in it because, you know, it's the bottom floor. And if they are mm -hmm. in it, they're already like on their way coming out. But I go in and there's a person in the corner just sitting there, just <laughs> hanging out. I was like, oh, uh, 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 that's are you sus. Gonna, are you gonna leave? I would say that's pretty sus. Yeah, I, I literally I, was like, are, oh, go ahead. And they're like, no, it's fine. 
<laughs> so that's no. my sus thing for the, for the week. Say, okay, that's not too bad. I mean, I, for, with going back to the elevator real quick, I, mm-hmm. I hate it when I, I probably talked about this already, but anybody getting on on the ground floor and hitting two. Um, now, that's I'm not going to judge me. Yeah, that's it for me. I'm done. Now, maybe I don't know their physical ability. Maybe they have a bad knee or about like maybe there, there's that going on. But I just assume everyone is, you know, te- you know, operating at 100 percent, which is obviously not the case because I'm always at 70. Um, but like whenever I like they don't have groceries, they don't have a box. They just kind of walk in. You know, they're just they're just there. And then they hit two. It's like you couldn't have just gone up the one flight. Right. Uh, I'm on the fifth. So it's like now I got to like I, I, especially if like I have to really have to use the washroom. It's like. Nope, can't uh, can't can't have this. I'm and I'm gonna... a second floor guy, so I and I, I I know the pain of the the non second floor folks who mm-hmm. have to take the elevator. So I use the stairs because also I don't want to be in the elevator anyways. I want to just get some exercise, go up the stairs. Yeah. And I I have gone in the elevator a couple times when I'm feeling lazy, but the only time I'll do that is when I see both elevators are both on ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. that'll do it. Yeah, if they're both there, then yeah. Like, if you see one's on, like, 20, yeah. I don't know how tall your building is, but, like, one's on 20, one's, like, uh, in service because it's, like, someone's moving in. It's like, all right, I'll I'll take the stairs. I think I've only used the elevator in your building once. It was really weird. It's like, oh, this is what it looks like because every time <laughs> every time we go, I go over, you just kind of meet me on the street level, and then we take the 10 stairs or whatever it is up to your apartment. It's right. uh, it's a no-brainer. But I had a few here for this segment. I, I had to I had to rack my brain. I wasn't quite sure what you meant uh, by <laughs> sus things. So uh, I, I ended up pretty close, I think, to what you had in okay. mind, though. But uh, we used to have this segment, which is, uh, did they steal this? Yes. Uh, which is whenever I, I see that. somebody walking down the street carrying something that isn't a normal thing that you would, like, walk out with. Like, we've talked about seeing a guy with, walking down the street with a violin, no case. Uh, <laughs> seeing people walking down the street with a hose and the wall mount. Uh, that was weird. <laughs> Uh, that's, a, that's a top 10 for me. That's I love definitely that. a top 10 one. Uh, I saw this one, like these two dudes like walking down the street with, uh, you know, like those little backyard kind of play sets. Like it's like a basically just a ladder and a slide, but it's like a Fisher Price plastic, kind of like a cube staircase, stairs, slide combo thing. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, like one of those two ninety nine Canadian tire sets that you'd get. I saw two guys walking down the street with one of those. I was like, they definitely just took that from some kid's backyard. Um, no doubt. <laughs> Um, stuff like that. That always gets me a little bit sus. Trying to figure out if someone stole it or what the story is, if they did buy it. Um, number two for me are people who are into cold plunges. Mm. Just just period. Like anybody that's into like the New Year's Day dip, which is a big thing here in Toronto. There's like the everyone just runs into the Lake Ontario. It's 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 bitter cold at that time of year. And some people are like I run on the beach sometimes in the spring or the winter and there are people just sitting in the water. It's like do something else. Like you're not <laughs> you're not adding that many years to your life by doing this. Getting up at Maybe eight take in the morning. You, away. you might be. I mean, I've heard that it's good for you, but I've seen people do it in different countries, and I get it. Like it's always in these like live well commercials, and it's like I I I'll just take a multivitamin and hope for the best. Yep. Uh, people who I, I'm ne- you're never gonna talk me into doing one of those things. I'm telling you that right now. I'll swim I'll swim in cold lakes in the summer, but I'm not doing these winter cold plunges. That's for sure. Uh, not filling your gas tank up all the way every time. That's a weird one for me. Like oh. my dad is one of these people where he's been a $20 guy my entire life. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Yeah. I understand like, that. Yeah. I mean, it made sense in the nineties or the early two thousands when gas was 67 cents a liter, but now it's like a buck 50 a liter. So like 20 bucks is like a quarter tank. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm um, going to devil's advocate uh, for your dad okay. here, Neil. And, uh, sure. and, the, and the other $20 gas purchases I know- out there. I know there's a lot of $20 people out there and I, I feel, I wish, I wish I was a $20 person. I want to be, but I'm definitely a fill up every time. 
So the reason why I will do $20 ones, I don't do it all mm. the time, but I'll do it sometimes for sure, is when I go, I need gas, but gas is very expensive. It's like, yeah. uh, it's much higher than it normally is. And I'm like, okay, I'll bite the billet. I just need gas. So I'll get $20. And hopefully next time I go, it'll be cheaper. That's okay. what I think about. Because you do end up saving, like you can save at least $10 uh, at I least, guess. right? Uh, by I doing something like that. I've never done the math. You're probably right about that. But for me, I just hate, I hate filling my tank. Like I, I can't stand Fair. standing out for also going back to being in Canada, like eight months of the year, it's, it's, it's miserable. Pumping oh, gas into winter's your tank. a different so story. Yeah, definitely. I'm filling up every, every time between November and May. Like it's every time in the summer. You're right. Maybe like if it's coming up on a long weekend, I'm just going to put 20 bucks in, get over this four day hump in the gas prices and then get back to when it's a, a manageable buck 52 a liter. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I can see what you're saying there. If you just need a bit of a holdover but consistently man my my dad every single time i'm not sure he's ever filled a tank at least not while i've been in the car with now, him so now that's holding. the more sus thing never yeah. filling the tank never fill, oh, right yeah. never <laughs> filling your tank is definitely the more sus thing to say it uh 90 of stores and strip malls i'm gonna go ahead and say it we we grew up in the suburbs of toronto and there's a lot of strip malls 90 of those stores have to be drug fronts like there's no way that this there's no way that every strip mall that has a rug store a mattress store and a jewelry shop that all these stores are doing well and the um, belt emporium or something like uh, yes. there's always the one store that just sells belts <laughs> and wallets yeah, like there's there's no way you're paying this lease selling your belt, selling your shoelaces or whatever it is. I can't imagine it. So I'm definitely sus of 90% of the stores that I see in these strip malls. And then last but not least, people who don't like music. Uh, I don't, I don't trust anything people that don't like music say. Yeah. That's, that is a weird one when people are very blatant about it saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm not into music. It's like, Oh, I like one song. Okay. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's strange, yeah. but I, I can't, I can't trust them. Can't trust them. And that's been our sus segment of the week. Uh, I'm sure we'll do this again. Uh, I love I love finding sus things. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll find them in my, my daily routine, write them down and uh, and talk about them. Thank you for your sus things, Neil. I think you did a good job no there. Oh, I have no shortage of these things. I'm sure that'll have more <laughs> next week, honestly. That's right. <laughs> but this week, we did get the final Mario Kart 8 wave. And uh, now we have 48 new courses total, Neil. And uh, they have just been keeping this game alive, just on life support. <laughs> <They'd>, <laughs> it is it is not going to die. It is not going anywhere. Just the, uh, so you know, and for the listeners, I, I did a little breakdown of where all the different tracks have come from, come from throughout the uh, the entire forty eight courses here, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, so I'll, I'll read it off to you here, Neil. But okay. um, we only have two from Mario Kart SNES, which is fine. Honestly, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, five from Game Boy Advance, which I thought was wow. a lot. Uh, only two from Nintendo 64, which are Chaco Mountain and Calamari Desert. That I'm definitely disappointed with because I would have liked to have a, a few more from 64. And obviously the biggest disappointment here, only three from Mario Kart Double Dash. Uh, we only got Waluigi Stadium, Daisy Cruiser, and then on the new uh, Wave Pack, we got uh, DK Mountain, which is one of my favorites. So I'm at least glad that that is coming in. Uh, nine, a whole nine from the Wii, Mario Kart Wii. Four from the DS, four from Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS, 13 from Tour, and uh, wow. and six uh, brand new. Uh, there's a new course in every pack. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, hmm. that's the breakdown. What do you think of this 48 courses, Neil? Well, I'll start with the good thing. I will say that most of the new tracks I have enjoyed. Um, yeah. Almost every single time, the new ones are, are really nice. I like there was one. It was kind of like a candy slash dessert land. I really like yeah. that one. The more recent one, the bathroom one, I really like that one. 
Uh, some of the tour ones have stood out. 13, way too much. This was basically, I think this whole thing was just basically putting tour out on console and padding it with <laughs> uh, some some remasters of old tracks. Nine from Wii is amazing. That, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest are really... Uh, quite poor honestly gba five from gba was surprising um yep. considering only two from the snes uh you would think they'd want to put maybe an equal amount into those two games since they both play very similarly being yes. the only two quote-unquote 2d mario kart games um yeah. but yeah the n64 and the double dash support really shocking honestly um yeah. i know that the uh mario kart 8 base game already had a bunch of 64 remasters from what i can remember i know that mm. they had the um the Yoshi Canyon level, I can never remember what it's called. Yep. Um, and a couple others that I can't quite remember. I think Peach's Castle uh, was already in there. Um, Choco Mountain and uh, Calamari Desert, like, cool. Like, I like them. They were good uh, remasters, remakes. And then three from Double Dash. Every single time a track came out, like a wave came out, we were always like, one Double Dash co- or one Double Dash course, okay. And then at best or at worst, none. Like, every time it was none. Yeah. We got a bunch of characters from Double Dash, which was weird. Uh, yeah. We got Birdo and uh, you got Wiggler in there too. Uh, from uh, is that Wii when Wiggler was? I think uh, so. Yeah, introduced yeah. Wii. Yeah, we never got Rob from DS, did we? The no, Rob the we, robot. That's right. Rob was in the DS one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you can you can point you can poke holes in the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC packs all you want. Uh, there's definitely some missing stuff. Um, it, it it's just really too bad that our favorite Mario Kart game, being Double Dash, got such poor representation in this uh, in these waves. Um, like I said before, I did enjoy the new tracks mm-hmm. and a few. Uh, tour tracks have been okay, but I really did like playing the 64 and the Double Dash tracks again. But what about you? What, what do you think of the uh, the overall Wave uh, releases? Have you been? Do you think you're on the more satisfied side or the less satisfied? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like Larry David. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I'm I'm satisfied to the extent that we kept getting them. Like, I think 48 is a lot. Like, I, I I'll I'll start with that, saying that like a game coming out and being like, hey, we're going to give you six waves of content. Too many. Uh, uh, which is a lot, which is, you can think of it as a good or a bad as well, because you're right, I think it is too many. I think they could have maybe parsed it down a bit. But at the same time, I'm also pretty glad that I got to have this many so that I could have some double dash tracks and a lot of Wii tracks that were stuck on Wii. Because that's the thing too, right? Is like uh, most of these Wii tracks uh, aren't playable at all anywhere else other than you owning a Wii. Now, of course, Mario Kart Wii is, was very successful and most people did own it, but it, it was a lot of fun and it is a lot of fun to play some of these, uh, these Wii tracks. But yeah, like I think overall they did a okay job. I think some of the tracks, they, how do I say this? They, they babied them a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like Choco Mountain was a notoriously stupid and hard track on the N64. And that's my opinion. I, I think it's, dumb but a lot of people love it because of the, the the zaniness of it and how you can basically just lose the level instantly by falling off and having mm-hmm. to go completely around again uh and this one they they took that ability out completely they they made it so it was really just a track like it just felt like i was playing like smash bros when you put uh omega mode on you know and everything looks the same like everything plays the same it's just the backgrounds are changing that's yeah. kind of how some of these tracks especially especially these harder more intricate tracks like Chaco Mountain and Calamari Desert and even Waluigi Stadium they I felt like they played out differently because of that mm-hmm. and Waluigi Stadium like for example that had if I remember correctly that was only two laps there's a weird one in Double Dash yeah. that was just a two lapper and this one they made it into three and they changed some stuff up so I I get it um but uh I am a little disappointed especially with 
the amount of tour tracks that we had in there. Uh, mm. I like that we got Vancouver. That was really cool. But yeah. it didn't it didn't seem to like add anything more. Like once they played the one or two tour tracks, I was like, okay, like they all kind of play the same. They're coming from mobile. They're doing the same kind of stuff. And after mm. thirteen of them, I was getting pretty tired <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of, of them. But I'm still happy that we got the content at least. It, it's cool. I, it's just weird to think that it's been what two years to, uh, almost, like since they announced over this two whole, years. Yeah, over. Jeez, that's crazy. Like over. It took two years, and it's the whole episodic thing. I know that that's the way that a lot of things work nowadays, especially with the streaming services and video games. There's always been there's been episodic style games for the longest time with the um, Telltale games, and you. I, I lost interest slowly with every uh, every wave release. Yeah, just because I, it's just the way my brain works, and I'm sure a lot of people too. Like, like this, what sixth wave came out? I didn't even really know. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of came and went. I haven't, I haven't uh, three gold starred every track yet. I haven't done all the CCs yet, which I did with the base Mario Kart eight game. And now there's it's 48 new courses, which means there's what 96 existing courses in in the entire game now, like yeah, almost 100. Yes. Like, wow. It's why like I think that that's right. I, I can't remember how many are in that. That's the thing is like, and I can't pick <laughs> my favorite track anymore from Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. I don't mm-hmm. know like what my favorite track is. I couldn't tell you. I think the airport one is still my favorite one. It's the first one that I ever played in this game. Yeah, uh, back in 2014 when it was on Wii. <laughs> that was the first time I ever played it, and that's the the one that stands out in my brain. Um, but from the 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 new six waves, I don't know what my favorite track is because they all play very similarly and it, they were all spread out so much. Uh, I think it would have been cooler if it was just maybe two beats. Um, I probably mm-hmm. should have waited and just played them all when they were out, but I'm not going to wait two years to do no. this. No, yeah. Um, it, it's cool that they spread it all out. It's cool that they stretched it out. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is one of Nintendo's most successful games of all time now at this point. Everybody owns it. Everybody loves it. It's a cool game. Uh, I'm not I'm not bashing on it. It's one of my favorite Switch games still, um, mm-hmm. but I'm excited. To, I'm, I'm not excited. I'm interested to see what Mario Kart 9 is going to be now because I don't know how you can do how you can start fresh with like a, a basic eight, eight uh, cup Mario Kart game again. I feel yeah. like it has to be this and just keep building on and, and just call it Mario Kart Deluxe. Um, but we'll have to wait and see with the Switch 2. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm I'm very curious because now that we are done Mario Kart 8 content officially, yeah, what will happen next? Last yeah. thing I do want to say before we get mm. into the episode at hand is the GameCube games that, uh, or the, sorry, the GameCube courses that we have from Double Dash that are still stuck on the yeah. GameCube, I did want to mention some of them and, uh, you know, do a shout out. So Mushroom City, Warrior Coliseum, Bowser's Castle, and Rainbow Road. Those ones are all only on the GameCube. So those are locked mm-hmm. on Double Dash. You can't play those unless you have Double Dash or your Dolphin emulator, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are also a bunch on Wii and DS, like Luigi Circuit, Peach Beach, Mario Circuit, uh, uh, Dino Dino Jungle, and... Uh, I don't know, I guess Daisy Cruiser did make it to uh, mm-hmm. here. So Daisy Cruiser, we're good. But Dino, Dino Dino Jungle, maybe my favorite course, one of my favorite courses. I love that course so much. And that one is stuck on the GameCube and the DS. So Nintendo, if you're listening, mm-hmm. Mario Kart 9, just make it all Double Dash courses. Do it. I will say that the uh, the Rainbow Road from uh, Double Dash, that's probably, this could be controversial, I'm not sure, probably my <sighs> least favorite Rainbow Road course, honestly, mm. of the 3D Mario Kart games. I'm not counting SNES. Um, but I'm yeah. not a huge fan of that one, to be honest with you. Love the one on 3DS. I was really excited when that one came to, to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So I guess I could say that might be <laughs> my favorite track, seeing the Mario there Kart 7 uh, Rainbow Road track. But, uh, Mike, that's enough talk about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and uh, and sus things. I think that it's about time that we jump in to today's episode. What do you think? Let's do it, Neil. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 37 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all things retro that we love from our childhood. New episode every Thursday, sometimes Wednesday, on all the major podcast services. We are the number one podcast on the internet, hosted by people who both simultaneously love and dislike Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You can support the show on patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. Supporters at the $5 level get to submit and vote on our monthly Patreon elected episode. Last week, we talked about Nightmare Before Christmas, the classic 1993 film. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are talking about a Spider-Man game to celebrate the release of Spider-Man 2 on PS5, not to be confused with Spider-Man 2 on PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. <laughs> if you liked the GameCube was cool podcast and you haven't heard our conversation about the Spider-Man movie tie-ins and Ultimate Spider-Man from back in the day, go back and check out our episode 26 of the GameCube was cool podcast. Mike and I are both big fans of the GameCube era Spider-Man games, and the PS3 and Xbox 360 games were also really interesting, which is why we are here today to talk about Spider-Man Web of Shadows, which was released on October 21st, 2008, way back 15 years ago. Developed by Treyarch and Shaba Games, published by Activision. It's also on, get ready for this, Mike, <laughs> PS2, PS3, Xbox 360, Wii, Windows, PSP, and the DS. Rates a 7 out of 10. Most reviews are all over, over that uh, for the most part. Mm. Priced today at about $115 on the 360 and PS3, considered the official version of the game. And this is an action adventure, but it's a Spider-Man sim, of course. And Mike, what are your memories of Spider-Man Web of Shadows back in the day? Well, I don't remember this game too much. I, I think of this game as part of almost a trilogy, and we'll talk about the history of Spider-Man games, do a little brief history of them uh, later on. But uh, I kind of think of this in terms of Web of Shadows, Shadow Dimensions, and Edge of Time. These Those three always kind of go in my mind when I think of them, and I get them mixed up of when they released and which ones are good. And so uh, I, I kind of knew of Web of Shadows in that uh, realm. And friend of the show, Braden, and friend of the show, Dan, they both had Web of Shadows and played it. And I remember... Brayden really, really liked Web of Shadows. That was one of his favorites. And I had seen him play it before, and I knew the basic thing. I knew that it was um, a symbiote style, like, so Venom was in it. So immediately I was interested because I love Ultimate Spider-Man. I think Ultimate Spider-Man is still the best game where you can play as Venom. We'll see. I haven't played Spider-Man 2 on PS5 yet, so we'll see. But, um, uh, yeah, I really just knew Web of Shadows in, in, in that vein. I had never played it. It was on Wii... I think, uh, oh, sorry, you, you did say it was on Wii. So yeah, it yep. was on a Nintendo console. It was on Wii. So I did own a console to play it on at the time. But uh, this was when I really wasn't playing video games too much. Uh, you know, I was too cool for, uh, <laughs> for <laughs> uh, other than playing Rock Band and Guitar Hero, obviously. Right. Um, I don't know, just 2008 for, for me at that time, I wasn't playing those action adventure games anymore. I wasn't really into that that world. Arkham uh, Asylum and Arkham City haven't hadn't come out yet either, which we'll talk about later as uh, this being definitely a precursor to those kind of games. But uh, for me, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't interested enough. And also the Spider-Man movies, you have to remember this time, Spider-Man 3 had just come out a year before and was pretty panned across the board. And, uh, you know, I liked it. I thought it was funny, but I also didn't like it in a lot of ways. And I, uh, uh, Sandman and all that kind of stuff, too many villains, you know, the whole plot, the, the emo, emo Toby, which we love. Uh, but I, I, I remember that, that kind of like sucked a lot of life out of Spider-Man in that era. People forget that like Marvel wasn't everywhere at this point. So, uh, I, I think that was another reason for me not really wanting to play these games. And plus I did have ultimate Spider-Man where I just was like, well, I can always just go back to this and play it. 
It's a fantastic game. I ended up actually trading in Ultimate Spider-Man, which was <gasps> devastating. Heresy. I heresy. did. I, it is heresy. I agree. <laughs> and uh, I must have traded in for some rock band or something uh, in 2009. But I, I, I did get Ultimate Spider-Man back right before we started this podcast, actually. I think in 2020 or 2019, I got it for, for 20 bucks. And now it goes for a lot of money, just like this game. But uh yeah, those are my memories of it, and I didn't get to play it until this month, Neil, when you were gracious enough to lend me the copy that you uh, you purchased, and uh, I got to play it and, uh, on your PS3 as well, because my PS3 is my parents' Netflix machine, so can't use that. <laughs> <laughs> you borrowed my PlayStation 3 Slim, that terrible thing. It's the, uh, not even the Slim, it's the... Um, That's what the stupid the disc thing That's that terrible. comes out. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's I'm going to break buy. it. <laughs> I just needed something to put... My, my old PS3 Slim, it broke, so I needed to buy yeah. the, the very last iteration of the ps3 terrible but it, it works so <laughs> it works. It, I'm, I'm gonna hang on to it and play the old spider-man games but yeah 2008 i also didn't play this game back in the day because it was in that uh grade grade nine or grade i guess what 10 11 12 era when i wasn't really playing a ton of games either uh we were mostly just playing the social games like guitar hero and rock band mm-hmm. uh and then of course we would still play night fire and uh, mario kart wii that was basically it and smash bros uh for the most part through high school so I wasn't playing anything new. I wasn't playing any of the superhero games anymore. I had played uh, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 on the GameCube and Ultimate Spider-Man, which I loved. Uh, but same as you, I definitely highly associate Web of Shadows with uh, our friends Dan and Braden. Uh, I remember them talking about this game a bunch in high school. I remember seeing the case of it at EB Games at the time and thinking it was really cool looking. I love the box art for this game. Spider-Man has the um, the squinty eyes look that he has mm-hmm. that you don't see very often, especially not anymore. I would love a movie with that look. Yes. Uh, we get we get the big-eyed Spider-Man quite often. Pretty much every movie is big-eyed Spider-Man. We've never had that squinty-eyed Spider-Man look. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a really neat style that hasn't really been used too much other than in the comic books. But uh, yeah, basically this game came out during my hiatus and didn't play it until I picked it up a long time ago, actually. I don't know if I told you this. I picked it up mm-hmm. back in like 2013 or 14 when I was getting into collecting for the PS3 in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I picked up this one and... Uh, not Edge of Time, the uh, Shattered Dimensions. I picked up both of these games and uh, I, I played them a little bit and then for some reason traded them both in. Uh, which I regret highly now because I think I bought them both for maybe 20 or 30 bucks each. Maybe yeah. they, they were definitely more expensive than most PS3 games. They might have been more in the 30 to $40 range, but now they're uh, uh, in the $100 range that I mentioned earlier. And I picked this game up again uh, almost 10 years later. Uh, this year, the day after we went suit shopping, actually, for my wedding, we, yes. you and I walked over to ANC Games here in Toronto, uh, best video game store in the city, and uh, found it behind the case, under the glass case, and it's a beautiful copy, too. Yeah. Didn't look like it had ever been played. Uh, <laughs> you and I both inspected it, like the case, no scratches, the disc looked perfect, the manual untouched, so I really think it was opened and then returned or something. Yeah. Um, and it was around the $100 mark. I had about 100 bucks worth of store credit, so it was a no-brainer, basically getting the game for free using yep. girl math and uh <laughs> and uh took it home and didn't actually pop it in uh to play we we i bought it in april i think i started playing it in like june or july i wanted to beat it before um before playing pikmin 4 which i did mm-hmm. um and i really enjoyed it i i grew up playing spider-man games they're one of my earliest memories of playing uh video games in general i played uh separation anxiety and maximum carnage on the snes as a kid my brother got spider-man 
the Neversoft game, but the uh, N64 version when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I was super jealous of uh, our friend Dan, not Dan Kerr, another Daniel. When we were kids, he got the GameCube really early, and he got uh, the first Spider-Man movie tie-in game. And I, I was in awe of watching him play it. It looked just like like lifelike. It looked like Tobey Maguire and uh, Willem Dafoe, and I love the 3D city and the swinging and everything. So um, eventually got my GameCube, got Spider-Man 2 with it. So Spider-Man and video games have been just synonymous for pretty much my entire life, and I'm a huge fan of the uh, the Insomniac Spider-Man game. Can't wait to play Spider-Man 2. So really had a good time playing, uh, playing uh, Web of Shadows this year. Mm. It's a really... It was really neat going back to play a Marvel game from 2008. Uh, you said it. <laughs> you said it perfectly before. This is pre-Marvel, or like right when Disney bought Marvel, and yeah. uh, we were getting Iron Man around this time, and uh, Captain America and Thor. And it's really weird, like seeing young kids like walking around with their Iron Man T-shirts and Captain America backpacks. And I feel like that meme of like the they, you know the party when it's like the they don't know. Me, it's like the person's in the corner drinking, looking at everybody having a good time. And I feel like it's like they don't know that Marvel wasn't always like this. Like, I'm so nostalgic for that pre-Disney Marvel era now, which is weird because it's like it wasn't like the greatest. Like, we got pretty decent X-Men movies, pretty great Spider-Man movies up until Spider-Man 3, which I enjoyed at the time, but over time definitely softened on it. Um, we were getting like Spawn and Ghost Rider and some weird Superman movies, but um, it wasn't like it is now. And it's so weird to go back to this time when basically everything was either a movie tie-in or you had to be a comic book nerd to understand it. And this game falls into that comic book nerd yeah. uh, Spider-Man. You, If you had only seen the Spider-Man movies, you wouldn't understand Web of Shadows really at, at all other than that it's a Spider-Man game. There's no Tobey Maguire. There's no Green Goblin. There's no Doc Ock. There's Venom, obviously, like you said. Uh, no Sandman and no Hobgoblin. So there's only one villain from the Raimi movies in Web of Shadows. And there's references True. to the comic books. You've got uh, Moon Knight in this game, yeah. which now people know Moon Knight based on the, uh, the Disney Plus show. But at the time, this was one of the first time as an adult i had ever seen moon knight not knowing the comics obviously like he's not in the cartoons he's not in the movies he's i don't he might be in marvel versus capcom i'm not 100 percent sure um but this was definitely like the spiritual successor um to um ultimate spider-man that you and i both love back in the day it feels more in that vein of spider-man games as opposed to the um the Activision uh, Raimi film tie-ins, which is yeah. really cool, but it, it, it's still it's still really cool to go back to that era. Obviously, graphics and gameplay have aged, which we're going to talk about soon. But I love just going back to these comic booky kind of plots that don't have to tie into Tobey Maguire and Andrew <laughs> Garfield and all the other characters. hundred percent. Yeah, you said it really well in that sense. And and we've mentioned a lot of the games already, so I'm just going to go through this brief history. Of mm-hmm. Spider-Man games, Neil, there are six games that all have the name Spider, just Spider-Man. <laughs> in, oh my god! In the eras of uh, of Spider-Man, so Spider-Man games have been around for forty-one years at this point. Nineteen eighty-two is when we got the first Spider-Man for Atari twenty-six hundred, just named Spider-Man, and we'll see that as a trend as this <laughs> continues. We also got the Amazing Spider-Man versus Kingpin on the Genesis in nineteen ninety. There was a ton of beat-em-up games in this era, so I'm just going to kind of go through uh, some big ones. Spider-Man the video game, which was a big one in 1991. You'll see that at arcades all the time. Many barcades have Spider-Man the video game. Uh, Love that game. Uh, Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage, as Neil mentioned, a fantastic game in 1994 for the SNES. Spider-Man in 1995 for the SNES. And then we have the Spider-Man game in 2000, like you mentioned, that your brother had on the N64, Mm -hmm. Neil. That that, was a big game at the time. It is a good game, and uh, Mm -hmm. 
it kind of starts off the Activision era that we have from about 2000 to 2014 here. Uh, after that, we had Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro. Then we went back to just calling it Spider-Man because it's the movie tie-in <laughs> in 2002, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 in 2004. Then Ultimate Spider-Man in 2005, the first non-movie tie-in for a while there. Spider-Man 3 in 2007, Friend or Foe in 2007 as well. That is a bad game. If anyone has played that, I am sorry for you. Uh, Web of Shadows, of course, the game we're talking about today in 2008. Shattered Dimensions in 2010, uh, which is very uh, basically inspired the Spider-Verse. Really good game. Edge of Time in 2011. And then we had The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 for... Uh, consoles in the 2012-2014 era and that mm-hmm. was the last games that we got by Activision after that it got handed over to Insomniac and then Marvel themselves uh, owning that uh, that franchise so we now have Spider-Man 2018, Miles Morales 2020 and then Spider-Man 2 2023. Yeah that's right 41 years of Spider-Man games basically 82 being the first one on the 2600 and then Spider-Man 2 it took him 41 years to get to Spider-Man 2 uh, <laughs> on, right. on, the, on the PS5 in 2023. Um, I was looking at that, and it, it's it's really cool to see all the Spider-Man games coming out over the years. It looked like basically standalone Spider-Man games, there's around 40, like one a year on average. Yeah. Um, and hundreds that Spider-Man is featured in, obviously, with all the Marvel versus Capcom games oh, and yeah. whatever else. I think he's in Fortnite now. Um, so there's a, t- a ton of all those, obviously. There's Ultimate Alliance all those games. Um, but the, the majority of the Spider-Man games seemed like were released. It seemed like 1990 to 2014 was kind of the, it's a long gap, but a 24 year boom basically for Spider-Man oh, yeah. when he was huge in the comics and then the movies. And of course you mentioned before act, the Activision era of Spider-Man being the era that he's most well known for. It seems like Insomniac are slowly taking the title away from them. But from 2000 to 2014, uh, we were getting at least one Spider-Man game a year. Their first one being the, the PS1 Spider-Man game, which I remember playing that game at uh, our friend uh, Avi. I remember playing mm-hmm. that game at his birthday party randomly. I think it was like his eighth birthday or something. And that's kind of the only touchstone that I had with it on PS1, which I think is the preferred console it's played on. The N64 version is okay, but you've only got the the one joystick and the uh, the cutscenes are, are way worse because it's uh, comic book panels instead of actual CG cutscenes on mm, the PS1. Right. Um, and then the last Activision Spider-Man game being The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014. So Activision released a total of, I think it was about 15 games um, before the, um, the video game rights to Spider-Man were sold back to Sony. Uh, Marvel games are uh, kind of like the overall overarching banner under the Disney uh, Corporation. They kind of oversee all of the Marvel representation in video games, and very much like what uh, LucasArts did with EA, they gave them the uh, they they sold them the rights to the the video games for a while, and then they weren't happy with the output, or they weren't happy with the quality. At least the output was definitely there. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man games were Spider-Man was and still is a huge cash cow uh, just for media in general. Oh yeah, uh, sells movies, sells video games, sells T-shirts, sells comic books, sells action figures, you name it. Spider-Man just sells everything and uh the video games were coming out on an annual pace on like i said before like six different consoles a year but the quality was definitely declining um pretty much after ultimate spider-man really the quality was up and down at best Uh, web of shadows being an up friend or foe like you said before uh being a down um so marvel games took the uh banner away from uh took the spider-man mantle i guess away from activision then and there was a bit of a a lull in spider-man games between Mm -hmm. 2014 and 
Uh, Spider-Man on PS4 being a 2018 game was kind of the return to form uh, or return to console, I suppose, for Spider-Man. Um, so there was a bit of a bit of a four-year hiatus for him, which was uh, too bad because it, it is weird. Get with video games need Spider-Man. I feel like I'm very biased in saying that because I, like I said before, grew up with Spider-Man. But that four-year gap felt like forever not having him, and then coming back with Miles Morales and now Spider-Man Two. Definitely good to have him back, um, but it oh, is yeah. neat to go back and see this era of Spider-Man games that took 12 to 17 months to develop, which was the approximate time that Web of Shadows had. Yeah, and it it feels like it had that, that amount of time too. Is mm-hmm. we'll talk about as kind of the cons of this, but yeah. So I think that is a good way to kind of think of it. Is is these? I like to think of it as a trilogy, really, for uh, mm-hmm. for Activision, uh, starting with Web of Shadows. Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Time. It really, they feel like they work together really well. They were on the same consoles and they definitely had similar kind of storylines, animation, gameplay, all that kind of stuff. So uh, there was actually supposed to be a Web of Shadows sequel that uh, Hmm. was canceled, unfortunately. Uh, And it was just really because, not because of sales or anything, but it was because of uh, the developer, uh, not Treyarch, but Shaba, Shaba Games, they went under. And um, and so then uh, Neversoft and Treyarch, I, I don't know if Never, did Neversoft do the Shadow Dimensions? I'm not sure. But Treyarch, Activision, all those guys, so. uh, uh, they end up having to do Shadow Dimensions, taking it in a different direction. But yeah, uh, there was supposed to be Web of Shadows 2. Did not happen. That's okay. I think this game is fine without a sequel. I think this game does well standing on its own. But yeah, let's uh, let's dive into the, the actual game itself, Web of Shadows. Uh it starts off pretty cool. I really like the it, like. First of all, it throws you in absolutely. You have no idea what's going on, but uh, mm. something has happened. Bad things are happening. Uh, MJ, MJ's broken her arm somehow. Uh, you're kind of in distress, and Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata is playing over the whole intro. And I'm like, oh damn! Like, what kind of game is this going to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the score in this game is is terrific, and the opening sets it up perfectly. You are kind of playing the. I think it's the end of the first act the game starts off because it does a bit of a time jump. Yes. Um, it's a really dark opening, though. I yeah. love it. It's so cool. It probably... I like the Spider-Man 2018 opening, but this might be the best opening to a Spider-Man game because it mm-hmm. seems like it's the end of the world. It's almost like it's during the apocalypse. Like, the city is being destroyed. There's Venom symbiotes everywhere. Helicopters are falling from the sky. Spider-Man looks like he's been absolutely defeated. Yeah. Um, I, I think... I don't think it's in the... No, it is in the opening of the game. I'm trying to... The trailer is is basically the same, but it's got Spider-Man internal dialogue, which I don't think is happening quite the same in the game. But you hear, um, like, in his head, he's hearing voices of, like, Kingpin and Mary Jane and everything. And he's kind of like... It's it's, it's it's all very... It's all very dark, obviously. But it's, it's really cool how he's just, like, walking off this building. And then he knows he has to keep fighting. So it's almost like Spider-Man... Like, is Spider-Man going to die here? Obviously, he won't. But it, it's yeah. a really, like... He's he's up against the ropes at the start of the game, which is not how most hero games start. No, that's exactly right. It's so... It's so different, for sure. It, it, it definitely caught me off guard when I was first playing it. I was like, oh, wow. This is it feels, a lot. <laughs> it feels like, they're, like this is the second game in a series. Like, it, does, it almost yeah. feels like the Empire Strikes Back of Spider-Man. And it's like, you're looking at it, it's like, did I miss a, a game? Like, am I supposed to have played <laughs> something here? Because it definitely feels like I'm missing something when you That's, start up exactly what i thought and i was kind of i was like oh oh like did i did I, am, I, am i on neil's save file here like that was honestly the first thing i thought uh when i was playing it was like oh, okay but um it's funny too because this this is a game that's very similar to a game we just covered grim fandango a couple weeks ago in the sense that 
a lot of people talk about this game for sure. Like Web of Shadows gets brought up a lot when you talk about Spider-Man games, and it's always references referenced as that Spider-Man game that you need to play. I mean, just go on YouTube and you'll see like 20 videos that people are talking about. It's like, is this the greatest Spider-Man game ever? Uh, <laughs> and, and so it's funny in that sense where people do that for Grim Fandango, as we learned in a thousand one uh, video games you must play before you die, and the the text in that's kind of saying how this is a game that everyone references, but not uh, everyone exactly plays. And I kind of felt that a bit playing it for the first time because I'm like, yeah, I could see like why people talk about this as being so cool and so different and and uh, has so many features. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't know how many people who talk about this or have actually played this game because it is a bit janky to go back to uh, from present day, especially playing a new Spider-Man game that just came out. It's uh, with symbiotes and with Venom and everything, right? Which is funny. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to pl- 15 years later or earlier when you play this game and you're like, okay, well, like, there's a lot of things that could be improved here. Uh, there's, It's still a great game, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not perfect by any means. And I think, uh, I, th- I think Ultimate Spider-Man still takes the mantle in terms of, like, the best pre-Marvel era, pre, like, like, uh, new era of Spider-Man games, but I digress. That's we'll, we'll talk about it at the end with with everything. But uh, when you start off the game, you do see that uh, that cutscene. You also get uh, to meet, I guess, our ally in this uh, in this game, uh, Luke Cage, uh, who is a great superhero in his own right. He had a Netflix show, so you know. <laughs> but but at this point, Luke Cage is very much just a comic book hero, right? So. Like you were saying earlier, Neil, if you haven't read the comics, if you have only seen Sam Raimi movies of Spider-Man, uh, you're probably going to be a bit uh, confused at, at who are these people. I mean, we have Luke Cage, we have Black Cat, we have Moonlight, uh, like you said. Uh, Silver have, Sable is in it, I think, isn't she? Or, yeah, and or, Tinkerer as well. Yeah, even, uh, even Black Widow. She yes, was not in right. Iron Man 2 yet, right? Yeah. Like, and she's actually Russian in this one, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That makes more sense. But yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's uh, we we kind of instantly get uh, we get our little trio instantly there with MJ with Luke Cage and uh, you get a little tutorial and everything. You get to to learn how to how to play as Spider Man and you get to play as Red Spider Man and Black Spider Man. And if, those of you who don't know, if you're here, uh, never played this game before, I'd say the number one thing about this game is definitely the fact that you can just instantly switch. Between Red Spider-Man and Venom Suit Spider-Man, and that is pretty sweet. It's it's the most impressive thing about the game too. I I do like the swinging mechanics. I think you're right. Like they've definitely improved over the years. Like anybody that thinks that the yeah. swinging mechanics in Web of Shadows is better than the Insomniac games, I think I think you're just wrong. Like I, I think it's <laughs> yeah. it's definitely you can definitely make a case for it being better than Ultimate Spider-Man and Spider-Man sure. Two and all the games up to 2008. But um. No, it, it, they definitely got better now. I I am excited to play Spider-Man 2 on PS5 because it's weird that this was 2008. We really haven't played a symbiote game since then, I don't yeah. think. No. There was Ultimate Sp- I mean, there was the Maximum Carnage games, which were symbiote games, and then there was this, and then there was uh, nothing <laughs> on, on like, the Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man games. None of those had Venom, I don't think. And then we got the hiatus, and now we have Venom back. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to see how they do it. Uh, how they do it better, but no, that the two suits are awesome. Switching between red and black, you basically get a different 
a different uh, voice of the Peter Parker, for one. Uh, yes. You get a completely different moveset, depending on which suit you're playing as. Mm -hmm. uh, one suit is better at more aerial combat and better at fighting uh, a wider variety of enemies. One is better at brawling, fighting on the ground, closer combat. Uh, so you really do have to kind of figure out which suit kind of plays better to your style. And and you have to be careful on which suit you use, because if you use the red one more often, you're going to kind of get the... Um, the hero's path in the game mm -hmm. and if you play as the, the black suit you get uh more of the villain path the uh the black the black path and i played the majority of the game trying to be as good of a spider-man as possible i tried to be you know with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and uh, so i got to play all of the uh the hero moments in the game i got to go through the missions uh you know playing with uh or going with luke cage and then going with moon knight at some point kind of being my uh, my partner along the way um, and I meant to text Mike when we, cause I lent you my console and, uh, and game back in August. And I meant to tell you like, play, play the bad path. Cause I want to know the difference. And I texted you earlier this week before we started recording, like, Oh, I you know, forgot to tell you, do, do you mind like playing the dark suit paths as much as possible? And you were like, already doing that. <laughs> That's <laughs> I how that I did this in, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I do that in every video game I can that has the yeah. hero villain modes. I absolutely love doing that. We talked the last one that I can remember us talking about other than Knights of the Old Republic, which is that's the main feature in it where you can go Jedi or Sith, uh, is in the NASCAR Thunder game that we talked oh, with yeah. a friend of the show, Marty, about. And in the Be a Pro mode, it has the hero villain meter, which was mm -hmm. so cool. And I, I honestly think that every game should employ some use of hero villain yeah. meters because it's so much fun because yeah. I love having the different options. I love being able to play replay games as well. I love um being able to play it in the bad way and then going back and playing it in the good way and it's also mm -hmm. fun to uh talk with your friends about it too be like oh like what happened in this scene it's like well uh, i got this completely different path which we'll right. we'll talk about here for sure yeah and it adds to the replayability of the game too like the story itself is very short i think this game is eight or nine hours long mm. if you're if you're not going off doing any side missions or yeah, I beat um, it pretty quickly yeah, if you're not going around collecting tokens like me, you can probably beat the game in under <laughs> nine hours. Um, but that's what adds to the uh, the fun of this game. And it actually gets better from what I've heard is when you play it the third time. Haven't gotten to that many playthroughs yet, but uh, there are four endings in the game. There's the red yes. hero ending, which is when uh, Spider-Man swings away with Mary Jane after uh, describing his heroic actions. That's when the game kind of has the nice ending. Peter's doing like a monologue over the city. Um, and I think that's the ending that I got, if I remember. Uh, there's the anti-hero ending, uh, which is when Spider-Man leaves an apology for the bad decisions on Mary Jane's voicemail. Oh. There's the anti-villain ending, which is when Spider-Man controls the city with the power provided by his black suit. And then there's the ultimate bad black <gasps> villain ending, which is when Spider-Man controls the city with the power provided by his black suit with the help of his symbiote-controlled black cat. Yes. Uh, it is revealed that Kingpin, Tinker, and Black Widow have joined forces to stop them by unleashing a symbiote-controlled Wolverine, and I think that that's when you play the game two or three times as the black suit. You get that ending. I got that. Um, I got that ending. I got that oh, ending. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I guess it's just if you pick black, uh, you pick the bad way all the way across, and you play yep. the entire game black suit. I guess. <laughs> I guess that that's the way it does it. Um, that's so cool. I love it. Um, yeah, it's cool, and it's cool how many other villains, like you mentioned before, how many characters that they packed into this game. Most Spider-Man 
games are pretty notorious at doing that. Movies should stick with one, it seems like. Uh, yep. Usually one villain is just <laughs> fine. The latest No Way Home uh, did a good job of uh, adding like five villains. But in terms of movies, uh, or in terms of video games, rather, love Spider-Man games, love going from Electro to Wolverine, which is awesome, uh, to Black Cat, um, to, of course, Venom. Uh, these are some of the best boss fights in any Spider-Man game that I've played. They're all amazing set pieces. They're all usually in a big open area in New York. You fight the Vulture up in the sky, um, the whole game has you fighting basically every villain in the first act like the first third you fight everybody normally like you would in a normal spider-man comic um and then it completely flips and the venom symbiote gets out and then you have to fight all the villains again in their symbiote form Mm -hmm. which is so darn cool i love that and i hope that they do some of that in the new game but let's talk about some of the boss fights in this game because it's obviously where the the it's where most spider-man games shine but it's uh where web of shadows shines the most Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I I loved fighting all of the boss, like bosses or all the, the characters. I think the vulture fight may have been my favorite. It's mm-hmm. I, it's one of my favorites for sure. Fighting Black Cat also uh, was a ton of fun. The Electro fight was kind of annoying. I found that one, it was hard. At least, again, I was playing Black Suit only like, the entire time. So right. I was just throwing cars. It was basically <laughs> was really my strategy for every nice. single fight and throwing things was really what my strategy was all the time. So Electra was a bit different. Um, Symbiote Wolverine was also pretty cool. And uh, same with Symbiote Black Cat. Uh, and then the ending fight was was fun. I'm just like looking at my notes here. But yeah, I yeah. think I think my favorite was Vulture because that was such a... I think that's the first like real villain fight that you have you fight black cat first technically but then um fighting vulture was the animations i i thought were really done really really well and ahead of their time for sure it actually reminded me of the vulture fight that you have in spider-man one uh against them so like that was that was cool yeah, the vulture fights are always cool. I love I love fighting a Spider-Man in like you know, hundreds yeah, of feet up above yeah. the city. It's so cool. It's so satisfying to do that. And you can only really do that against a few Spider-Man villains. Usually it's either Vulture or um, Green Goblin, who's not in the game. But my, my favorite boss fight, uh, just being the most interesting, mix of being just the most unique and fun, is fighting against, I think it was uh, base Wolverine. And he's, first of all, tough as nails. Like, it's really hard to fight him hand-to-hand combat. He's going to kick your ass every time. So really hard to get his health down. And it switches between you fighting him to trivia. It's really weird. (laughs) And he's, like, asking you questions that you wouldn't really... Some of them are, are, you know, if you know the Spider-Man story, you can get them. Um, But he asks you some really obscure questions, like, where, who were your parents tracking in Berlin or something like that? Like, just... Stuff yeah, that, that you don't strange. get from the game. Yeah, it's just like really like comic book nerd level stuff that you don't <laughs> get in games anymore. It reminded me almost of like a Banjo-Kazooie style thing where the final boss is uh, Gruntilda's uh, big game show kind of thing, like a Price is Right mm-hmm. style. And it was really <laughs> neat. Like I love the Wolverine fights in um, in Ultimate Spider-Man as well. Yes. I love Spider-Man and Wolverine. It's such a cool crossover. I'm kind of hoping slash theorizing that Insomniac are going to do that with because <gasps> the, they're also making the new Wolverine game. Um, they've made Spider-Man now. So I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that the next, uh, after Wolverine, they do a Spider-Man Wolverine crossover game. That's my ultimate dream at this point. But I love oh Spider-Man and Wolverine and Venom together. They just, they're 
chef's kiss, you know, so good. Um, and that boss fight is so cool. Like you're, yeah. you're fighting against a, just a badass Wolverine. He's really cool. The voice actor behind Wolverine in this one, he's not the Hugh Jackman style Wolverine. He's the, uh, the comic bookie, really gruff, really just no, no jokes at all about him. Wolverine, he can, he can smell you. Like he doesn't trust that you're not Venom. Uh, yeah. he doesn't think that you're actually Peter Parker. He thinks that you're still infected and he, that's why he's testing you on your knowledge of Peter Parker. Um, and it's really the only little bits of Peter Parker that we get in this game. That's one of the things that I love about Web of Shadows is that it's 100% a Spider-Man game. There's no Peter Parker scenes at all. You're not delivering yeah, pizza. True, you're not taking photos. You're not sneaking <laughs> through a library. There's no Daily Bugle, which is a bit of a miss. There's no J. Jonah Jameson in this game. Um, yeah. But I love it. Like You're in the suit the entire time. You never see Peter's face. You're only really dealing with some of his relationships. Like he's, There's a big love triangle going on with Mary Jane and with Black uh, Black Cat. But you don't have to deal with him in high school or college or anything like that is what I'm getting at. And yeah. uh, and his relationship with Wolverine and all the other bad guys and good guys in the game are really, really well done. It's very tongue-in-cheek and comic booky, but uh, the actors, as one take as it sounds, because this game development-wise was obviously very rushed, it, it, it just feels right the way that it's uh, presented. They're really well done. I think because of the red suit, black suit thing mm-hmm. as well, right? Because you can see them in these different lights. Like, I, I do like how they react to you differently depending on the suit that you're yeah. in and the choices that you're making. Like, Luke Cage gets super angry at you uh, and basically hmm. tries to fight you when um, you have decided when, like, the the turf war stuff is happening and he's trying to do all that kind of stuff and, and, and smooth everything over. They have their little parlay. Uh, which also was quite hard. That that mission was hard. I had to to, to string together all the the triangle moves, like the web. I don't know what move that's called, but uh, when it, you you string together the moves to hit each sniper, that took me a while to get that one. <laughs> yeah, that was really yeah. The, the um, I don't know what it's I forget what it's called now, but like the kind of the web zip to characters, which you do a lot in, in the game. But you're right. There's one where like you basically can't touch the ground. Yeah, that took me a couple tries too. Yeah, that was a couple tries, but uh, you can go as Black Suit Spider-Man, and uh, basically what happens, you can, I don't know if you kill, he says that they're all in jail, but I'm pretty sure they're all dead, because I'll only (laughs) be throwing cars at these people, Uh, they're certainly dead, Uh, and Luke Cage gets super mad at you, because you talk about how it was actually a setup all along, uh, and uh, like you, they wanted these gang members to kill each other. Basically, it's it's pretty crazy uh, mm-hmm. for that one. Do you remember what happens in the the for the red suit for that uh, mission? No, I've played I played this so many months ago. Oh, no. I can't I can't remember. But I do remember that like uh, Luke Cage, he's he's nice to you as the red suit. It's funny like uh, playing the game as red suit. Like it's kind of the quippy Spider Man Peter Parker that you know that, that you'd expect. So um, no, I can't. Re- That's the thing. I don't remember a ton about like how like every mission end per se. I just remember. I just remember playing as Red Suit Spider-Man and then like getting to unlock different characters in the game and then talking with them in between each each cutscene and stuff. And that was basically it. I do remember Black Widow hating me and I'm not sure if that was the case with even as Black Suit Spider-Man. I'm assuming it is. She kind of just deals with you. Very different than the, uh, the Black Widow that we get in uh, the Marvel movies. That's what I enjoyed most was getting the different uh, characters yes. and how differently they handled them without the... Um, the reference of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that was a huge issue that uh, Square Enix had a couple years ago when they released that Avengers game. And every character kind of just looked like a Walmart version of the Marvel, the D- the Disney Marvel characters. This game didn't have that mm-hmm. issue. They didn't have to make a Scarlett Johansson and a Tom Holland and a Hugh Jackman. I guess they did have Hugh Jackman, but there, there were already 
10 or 20 years of different uh, like Wolverine uh, variants through the cartoons and everything else that they, they could easily get away and make that blue and yellow uh, Wolverine character. Um, that is one thing, though, about the game that I, I did not enjoy as much as I do love the voice actors for the villains and Wolverine and some of the other NPCs is um, uh, Red Suit Spider-Man's voice is nails on a chalkboard in this game. And I have heard dialogue of him in uh, the black suit. Uh, the Venom suit, Spider-Man, he, he has a deeper voice, a bit more yeah, of like a, a bit more menacing like this. Uh, a bit, I guess we yep. will have some fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit more gruff. <laughs> I think it's the same voice actor doing both ways. Um, yeah. But the red suit Spider-Man is like, Mary Jane, what are you doing? Like, it's very <laughs> Tom DeLonge like sounding almost. And it's like, God, miss sh- you. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> Sounds like he's about to start a pop punk band. Uh, and it's bloody irritating. Uh, I wanted him to shut up at times, honestly. Uh, it was very irritating hearing him scream or something. But uh, yeah, that was another uh, con that I had. But uh, that, that was the only reason why I was like, man, I really need to play as the black suit to get away from this goddamn voice. That's fair because, yeah, the voice in the black suit is fun. And because and, he, he definitely goes that more gruff, lower voice. But see, I in the cutscenes, you get the red sp- uh, suit and the black suit like together usually mm. because it's like red suit. And then he goes to Black Suit when he's convinced otherwise. Like, when you're fighting Black Cat afterwards, she's like, why don't you choose fun? And then I think that's when you can, sh- like, literally choose fun or not. Like, you can be, like, Red Suit or Black Suit and you go Black Suit. You're like, yeah, I will choose fun. Like, let's have some fun. And I will say, the Black Suit way, I think, is the best way to play this game. Not having played the Red Suit, mm-hmm. but after researching and everything. Because you don't really get Black Cat at all. I don't think nope. as Red Suit, right? Nope. No, you don't. You get more Mary Jane later on in the game, which is kind of cool. You get her with a shotgun on a helicopter, which is kind of sweet. Um, but no, you don't get as many Black Cat scenes. Um, you get a couple towards the end of the game, the last chapter, uh, last yeah. third of the game, rather. You get her a little bit more uh, towards the end. But I think if I remember correctly, it's kind of like a very much that love triangle where it's like, who do I go with? And you end up with Mary Jane in the good in the, the good path, which is kind of weird to me because I never... Mar- uh, Black Cat was always kind of like a... She's the anti-hero. Like she's not. She's not good or bad. I don't know why she had to be associated with the uh, the black suit path, but it is yeah. what it is. Honestly, I'm a black cat guy, so I was Ooh. I was pretty stoked when I got to pick black cat over MJ. I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> I have no qualms. About no, this. she's looking pretty good in that costume. Yeah, all the characters in this one, like the, all of them, are a little bit over sexualized. Definitely in that era of video of games, where big yep. boobs, tight waists, all the men are way too big. Um, and Spider Man's got that really scrawny look to him. Like his suit is basically painted on. Uh, it doesn't even really look yeah. like spandex or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, very, very cool stuff. Uh, we, I guess we, we never really talked about the plot, but if you know it's a Venom uh, story, you know that it's basically the symbiotes are taking over the city and uh, they're also taking over the villains of the game that you um, we've already mentioned. I will say the combat in this game definitely got stale for me after the first couple of hours. I know that the um, yeah. there are some upgrades that you can get throughout the game, but you really don't need to use any of them. Uh, if you haven't played this game before and you pick it up, you're going to find yourself basically doing the web zip attack nonstop, which is all I think I did for 98% of the combat in this game. The enemies do get a little bit varied throughout. You start off fighting mostly thugs and then you start fighting symbiotes and then you start mainly fighting vulture symbiotes. So there is some uh, variety with that, but uh, Spider-Man himself, at least fighting as red suit Spider-Man, I, I found the combat to get a little bit uh, repetitive, which I didn't find the case when mm. I was playing Spider-Man 2 on GameCube, one of my favorite GameCube games. Um, I got enough upgrades in that game where the combat got really varied and really fun. And then Spider-Man 2018, combat in that game, again, you unlock new moves and everything. I found that to be pretty fresh, even 12, 15, 
20 hours in getting the platinum uh what was the combat like playing as black suit spider-man did it did it have that same kind of staleness after seven or eight hours yeah that's funny that you 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 have combat as a as a con almost because for me combat was a big pro Hmm. i really loved the combat for black suit spider-man i thought it was fantastic because the upgrades actually do matter for for black suit right uh they make a huge difference because really what you're upgrading is your different symbiote kind of move sets and a lot of that has to do with uh your range and how far you can flick your you know that i don't know what you call that attack but it's the venom attack his tentacles he shoots out his tentacles yeah, exactly yeah. and so you can you can chain those into some really cool things and really easily too it's not like you have to learn combos too hard or anything really easy to, to learn and use and especially as you're getting near the end of some of your fights uh i i loved being able to use uh those combos and it was really really flowing like it was incredibly mm. smooth for a 2008 game to be um to be able to to use these powers and i saw a video I was watching some reviews of of the game of course and someone mentioned the term low skill floor but a high skill ceiling Basically, and so, uh, which I definitely agree with, where you can go in with not much skill, not having played a lot of Spider-Man games or just these kind of games in general, and you can get pretty good at it pretty fast. Like, there's a lot of, especially as a Black uh, Suit Spider-Man, I feel like that's a big advantage. I think Black Suit is honestly just more powerful. Uh, it's the funky it's, combo. It's the funky, it honestly is in a lot of ways, because <laughs> you can you can, you can can chain things pretty fast, and you can, like, like destroy bosses and enemies uh, if you yeah. if you start getting it well, uh, right. So uh, I think that is a pretty apt comparison of, like, like how the game plays. But, yes, yeah, for me... I, I I love the combat, so it's really funny. Another difference between red and black, and that just gives a bit more credence to this game being as good as it is because of what we just said there and how we both had different experiences. Like, I would have been a bit disappointed if we had such similar experiences playing red and black. Like, they should, it in my opinion, it really should feel like you're playing two different games. It should, and it should feel like you're playing as two different characters, yeah. and that that's where the game shines as a, a classic, not just a Spider-Man game, but a classic video game. Like, there aren't too many games like no. that where you're 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 technically the same character, but you have two completely different movesets just by toggling a button really quickly. Knights of the Old Republic, for me, is, like, the one that I think of for this, where you can go Sith mode, and, like, you have a completely yeah. different moveset. The way you attack people is, like, really more messed up. Like, you use the force choke more, and, like, stuff like that, where, like, lightsabers are used way more for close combat, for um, uh, for Jedi mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's... But with Knights of the Old Republic, is that, that's not, is that toggling really quick, or is that just upgrading yourself differently? I mean, that is upgrading yourself really quickly. Yeah, so I guess you that's true. You can't yeah. just toggle back to, to Red Suit. Like, you can't toggle to Jedi. Like, you, right. if you're going Sith, That'd be you're, cool. you're, you're going Sith. Yeah, that. That'd actually be a really cool thing to do, like, yeah. playing as Anakin Skywalker, like, switching between Jedi Ooh, and Sith on the God. flight like, during during uh, Order 50. Oh, Jesus. Like, during Order uh, 66. Yeah. yeah, like, something like that. That'd be really <laughs> cool, actually. Can you imagine going between Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker? Game like, oh. idea. <laughs> give it to uh, give it to Shabba Games. They're not doing much. Um, <laughs> they did go defunct, actually. Slight, uh, a little bit after Web of Shadows, I think, came out. I think Shabba Games went under in 2009, unfortunately. This was one of their last games they ever put out. I did want to talk about that, though, in terms of uh, Spider-Man, Web of Shadows, and the history books and how we think of the game being a pretty good Spider-Man game and a pretty good superhero game, but this game did get overshadowed by another really big uh, 
superhero franchise that came out just after being the Arkham series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Had the Arkham Asylum and Arkham City game come out, it would be really interesting, or had they not come out, rather, it would be really interesting to know what our thoughts would be on Web of Shadows because the Arkham games basically snuffed out every other superhero game. If any superhero game came out that was even slightly mediocre, like it just got completely snuffed, shut down because Arkham, the Arkham series just shot video games into such a high stratosphere that yes. the licensed tie-in game controversy or not controversy, but that uh, stigma that the games had against them yes. being really crappy kind of single A games that were just cash cows and 12 month, uh, 12 month development times that was all put to bed when the Arkham games came out. So uh, had those games not come out, Mike, do you think we'd be talking about Web of Shadows differently in uh, 2023? It's a great question because I think, yes, I think this would be a game that people would really revere today. And not not saying that people don't, but uh, I think this would be on such a high pedestal of people being like, yeah, like this, remember Web of Shadows? Like this was the game that like did everything. But, um, and it, it was, it was before Arkham Asylum, like Arkham Asylum is 2009. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I actually have it in my notes here too. I like I when I was playing this game, I was taking down notes, of course. And one of them that I said was every attack is very flowing, feels like Arkham Asylum before Arkham. And that was really the first thing I thought of was the combat for especially in the Dark Suit Spider-Man. I've just like I had never f- seen that flowing combat before. Even in Ultimate Spider-Man, the, the combat isn't as flowing as no. this one. Uh, and, and that was the first thing I thought of was like, this is Arkham. This is the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but, but I, I will say that uh, in my opinion, Arkham Asylum and even more so Arkham city, I think did them better. I think they, they, they kind of took this idea that web of shadows had because web of shadows, while being a great game, it's not that rounded out. The plot isn't really there that much. Like it's kind of hard to decipher sometimes what's actually going on the Mm -hmm. huge repetition for the side missions as well and sometimes you also don't really know like if you're doing a main like okay you do know that you're doing a main mission or side mission but like it doesn't the difference isn't as pronounced do you know know what i mean like uh in like in arkham asylum or even just not like like more modern games you know when you're on the main mission you're like Mm -hmm. okay people are talking to me like i have my little uh, like sound bites going, uh, this feel like the music is different now. I'm doing different kind of things, but for the side missions and main missions in Web of Shadows, I feel like a lot of times it just kind of got blended in my mind where I was just collecting things or beating people up. Right. Like there wasn't really a variation, you know. It was at a time when the open world concept was still being stretched out and uh, yeah. explored, um, and that's what I think uh, Web where Web of Shadows uh, tripped a little bit in that. They tried to make an open-world Spider-Man game like what Ultimate and uh, Spider-Man 2 did, and they they did very similar to what those games did, but this is a new generation. This was Grand Theft Auto, we're getting into the Grand Theft Auto 5 era and the Arkham City era and the Red Dead Redemption 2 era when these games are alive and thriving and there's things going on. In Web of Shadows, you are swinging around New York and you do have the freedom to go anywhere on the map, but there's not really... All that it's much, not alive. In, no, and there's not that much enticing you to go to other places. Like there's the little hot spots set up where there's uh, there's symbiotes around. You have to clear out a hive, or there's uh, a shield. Uh, uh, there's like a little shield camp that you have to protect, yeah. or a bomb that you have to defuse, or whatever. There's little stuff like that going on, but the, the city itself is is quite barren, uh, unfortunately. So it doesn't really do the Arkham City open worldness that Arkham City did 
in what was that 2010 or 2011 and it didn't yeah. do the uh, what arkham asylum did super well which was make a small enclosed environment done very well almost like a metroidvania game uh where the uh, the asylum is the is the, the setting is the character there isn't anything like that in web of shadows you've got this big sprawling city that let's face it doesn't load super well so the textures are all pretty washed out so <laughs> yeah. there's nothing overly iconic about it it does have stark tower and i think you can find the Daily Bugle, and you can even find some billboards scattered around the city with real-world companies on them, like Five Gum. Randomly, yeah, five, five Gum. Five Gum all over this game. It's so <laughs> weird. I was like, what the hell? Like, is that the gum? So like, strange. literally the gum that you can buy in a grocery store still. Uh, very yeah. late 2000s gum brand. Uh, I loved Five Gum back in the day. That was, like, all my mom bought. It was so good. The ads were so edgy. I know. Edgy, just like the gum. Oh, yeah. yeah. So weird at the time. Like, everything needed to be edgy. Cars, gum, music, ev- <laughs> gum. Every, everything in there. It was so weird. Um, the GameCube, everything had to be edgy. But yeah, like, the the world itself, it just felt a little bit unpolished. The combat f- with, between Red and Black Suit, the combat was definitely the, um, the, the star of the development time for this game. Switching between Red and Black, that was obviously what most of the development time went behind. The boss fights being massive. Uh, spectacles and set pieces were very cool, but everything in between that, the exploring around the city, while the swinging was pretty, pretty good, and if you look up lists of Spider-Man games with the best swinging mechanics, which I looked up in uh, research for this episode, uh, Web of Shadows is in the top five. This is pre-Spider-Man 2, but still, it's up there with the Insomniac games and the um, Spider-Man 2 movie tie-in game. It just, it just falters a little bit in that world building, uh, that literally open world building, and the cutscenes too are uh, quite framey. Uh, I, I found them a little bit tough to watch at times because they dip down to like 10 frames a second randomly. <laughs> uh, it definitely has that early PS3, Xbox 360 jank to it, which is really charming to go back to now and a bit nostalgic for me, but it's a game that could probably do with uh, an upgrade in terms of graphical fidelity, but this being an Activision published game, we are definitely uh, never going to see that happen. <laughs> no, no, that, that dream is dead, but I mean, we definitely yeah. do have a... Uh, a bit of a, um, uh, a spiritual successor to Spider-Man 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2 on PS5 for sure. I, I will counter some of those cons with a pro- with some pros because I-, I do have some cons as well. Uh, like running up the wall in this game sucks. I oh, hate yeah. running up the wall. I don't know why they did not use the the engine they had for Ultimate Spider-Man for running up the wall. But for whatever reason, they just decided that, nope, we're going to swing the camera around. And also you can't just c- cling onto the wall. You have to like push against the wall first and then go up it. Very yeah. Very frustrating. Uh, but some pros I have are really the fact that the dialogue and the characterization, you mentioned it a little bit earlier uh, before talking about how the characters are really good in this game. But I, I honestly love the dialogue in this game. Yeah. I think they did a great job. It's really witty. It's very comic book-esque. I think Mary Jane also has some really great dialogue. Like she's she's very much not just like damsel in distress uh, she's like kind of like, no, I can take care of myself. Like she literally says that and has her shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Luke Cage's dialogue. It's really funny uh, when he's talking to Spider-Man because of, there is a bit of that like wit that goes back and forth. Spider-Man rags on Luke Cage for his tiara uh, and he, <laughs> and Luke Cage is like, it was a headband. A headband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. But, like I love I love that they like drop things that like, OK, if you're a big comic book nerd and you've like, like read some uh, some of Spider-Man at this point, uh, you'll get some of these references, and I think that's great, right? Like just dropping some some references. I, I and because the dialogue is so great, I really am sad that we don't have any uh, Joe Jonah Jameson. Yeah. In this, because I think they the writers did a great job on this um, on this game for the dialogue. So I think they could have done a great job with any Daily Planet missions and stuff that we could have had. Daily Bugle. 
or Daily Bugle. Yeah, he's a Daily Planet. Nah, that's <laughs> a, okay. a Daily Bugle. Someone's gonna uh, correct us on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's not Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you said it really well though. With the I, I just want to say Mary Jane. I think that of all the movies and TV shows and comic books that I've that I've uh, absorbed over the years, I think this is the best version of Mary Jane that I've seen. She's I agreed. She's very like Sarah Connor. Sarah, she's she's very Sarah Connor, like very, like Terminator yeah. style. She's got that. You mentioned it before. The cast on her arm. No explanation for what that is. Um, but she's still like, she's she just went out. Yeah, basically she's, <laughs> she's injured, but she's still like driving around the city with Luke Cage and his whatever car that's supposed to be, uh, like shooting like <laughs> shotgun out the window and like basically telling Spider-Man off. Like she's, she's a badass in this game. Like she doesn't, like she has no superpowers, but she's not taking any BS from anybody. Um, and she's kind of taken her own life in her own hands. Like she's not relying on Spider-Man to save her at all in this game mm-hmm. till the very end. I think there is one scene where you do have to save her, but it's not as princess peach style of saving as they did it in the in the Raimi movies or uh she's not even in the uh the the, the web movies and then the new Garfield, yeah, yeah none of those movies but uh even in the new game like I'm not really a big fan of new Mary Jane to mm-hmm. be honest with you like she's a journalist an investigative journalist which I guess is kind of cool but this one she's just an action movie hero and it's awesome so yeah yeah it, it's really cool I love all the side characters as much as I like Spider-Man and Black Suit and Venom in this game too. Venom is really cool, really scary, terrifying. Not quite as good as Ultimate Spider-Man, which starts you off uh, eating a child with a balloon. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't do Classic. that. Classic. Great f you to the uh, the Spider-Man two game. I love that middle finger, but also very fun <laughs> still at the same time. So yeah, I, I feel like I've I've praised this game and uh, and thrown out my cons for it. Do you have any other uh, pros or cons that you wanted to, uh, to to shout out to Web of Shadows? Well, I would like to just take this time and talk a, a bit more about the evil choices and, mm-hmm. and those different paths that you can take. So I mentioned a couple of them already. Uh, when you're fighting Vulture uh, and uh, you choose to break out the Tinkerer and you make a bomb and the uh, and that's when you choose to take Vulture or you, you let Vulture take you to Rikers because there's Vulture and Moon Knight mm-hmm. uh, that are there. And so I think that's probably the same kind of thing for you, but Vulture takes me instead of Moon Knight. Is that how it works for, for yeah. Red? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I didn't really, you don't really work with Vulture at all. It Obviously, if you're the red suit mm, guy, uh, you, I only remember uh, as red suit, I, uh, I guess, collaborate with uh Luke Cage, Moon Knight, Wolverine, and then Black Widow at the end. I think that's it. Um, yeah, mm. I don't think the Tinkerer, I don't know if he's even in the Reds. I don't remember him in the game at all. Um, maybe maybe a little bit. Oh, no, he is in it a little bit against Kingpin because you fight against Kingpin too. Also, Kingpin in this game, terrific. Um, oh, yeah. Love Kingpin. Uh, so he's with him at some point. I do like the Fisk part of the game too when you uh, – uh, you kind of have to work with Fisk to, because um, he's using his building as like a uh, like a safe haven from the uh, from the Venom symbiotes. He loves doing that. He does, but he's kind of like an interesting. <laughs> he's a really interesting character in this game because he's he's he obviously the the uh, overpowering, menacing, bad, bold, big dude that he is in everything else. But he's also got like it's like you can see where he's coming from at the same time. Like he's obviously an evil businessman and he's just trying to profit off of this tragedy. But like I can kind of see you can see people like him existing if this actually happened. And it's a really, it's a really interesting character. Um, he gets, he's gotten a little bit goofy. I think he came back in one of the Marvel shows. I think it was Hawkeye and he's a bit weird now. Uh, loved him in the Daredevil <laughs> show, um, which is probably another thing that I would say about this game would be, it might've been cool to have maybe one or two more good characters. Yeah. I feel like we got a lot of villains. We got a lot of anti kind of heroes like uh, Black Cat and Wolverine. Would have liked to have seen like a Human Torch or a Daredevil in this game. A lot like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. There is a reference to... 
uh, Tony Stark and Mr. Fantastic in the game at some point, and they're they just kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, fluff it off and say oh no they're busy they're in another galaxy doing something else um and then that's it but it would have been cool if like someone else from the fantastic four uh had shown up or or daredevil or someone like that would have been cool yeah i think to balance it a little bit more that would have yeah that would have definitely helped because there are so many villains like you said uh speaking of villains you also fight electro and Mm -hmm. uh for black suit you convince electro to get revenge he does a big pulse of energy at the symbiote i don't know if that's also red suit uh, but um, I th- that's what he does. I think so. Uh, I can't remember the okay, exact story yeah. beat now. I remember Electro, the whole thing with him is that you're trying to bust his sister out of quarantine. Um, yes, I- and his sister dies or whatever. Yeah. So... Uh, and then um, and and then black suits like you need to kill like like all these symbiotes or like you have to kill this guy or whatever because he he killed your sister mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I don't know maybe you're just making him mad I'm not sure what the whole thing with that was yeah uh, and when you're fighting symbiote Wolverine that one is pretty sick because you basically just like take the symbiote out of him and it seems like you just like break him in half almost it's a pretty Jeez. brutal fight I'm not sure what happens in the red suit but I was like oh my god wow that's a lot <laughs> that's awesome I. I think you still pull the symbiote out of him as red suit because you're you're still trying to save him and you do bring him back to regular Wolverine at the end of the game so I think it's similar um, okay. just as the red suit guy I wish I remembered all the exact cutscenes now but you played That's okay. it you played it this week I played it like four months ago yeah. <laughs> um, my absolute favorite though and I think probably the biggest difference and the biggest convergence is when you're fighting symbiote black cat because that's when everything changes for sure. I think that's probably when you decide if you're going to get the bad ending or not, really. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you... Uh, so she dies, or like basically looks like she dies. Mm-hmm. And you... Uh, and Mary Jane is there in the helicopter uh, with her, her cast on saying like, Come on, Peter, let's go, let's go. And he keeps looking back and he's like... And you basically decide to save Alicia, uh, Black Cat. And you morph with her, with the symbiote. And the symbiote brings her back to life. Yeah, that's that's the black suit ending. So I didn't get that. I think in my in the good ending, I'm pretty sure she lived. I don't think she dies. Uh, there's no death. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember anybody dying in this game. Other than Eddie. Other than Eddie. Yeah, he he definitely dies. Yeah, so does he die? So how I kill him. <laughs> okay. This is how I... Uh, <laughs> how I kill how, Eddie. How, <laughs> because so you basically like are, you know, make the decision. It's like, because... Uh, you make the decision at one point saying that you are going to kill him. And that's the only way to end this is by killing Eddie. And you say this to MJ Mm -hmm. and she's like, no, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't kill people. And you're like, nah, (laughs) it's all good. And, uh, and so you kill him by throwing him into like this, like explosion in the ship. Yep. Uh, and the whole ship explodes and everything. And, and, uh, after you beat five headed venom Mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah. And then, uh, you get that, the cutscene of you and, um, a black cat ruling over New York. Yep, that's the that's the worst ending. Yeah, I, I'm in the red suit. I'm pretty sure Eddie dies as well. Um, yes. But it's more of a sacrifice because um, you kind of convince Eddie or Venom that like you're you're better than this. Like you're you you're supposed to stand for like protecting uh, the good or whatever. Like he kind of convinces him to do the right thing and kind of sacrifice himself, which I guess sounds better than throwing Eddie into a power generator to kill to kill <laughs> yeah. five-headed venom. Um so you kind of get this a similar outcome just at a, but through different means. Um which is still cool. Um it's it's yeah. it's obviously the easiest way to write cutscenes and to uh finish up a web of no pun intended, a web of decisions into <laughs> four clean easy endings. I do love that five-headed venom fight though at the end. Um it's it's cool Fantastic. like we already did the you fight the venom character that you know venom as. I I like it when venom does something otherworldly like that where you're fighting him on top of this giant ship 
he's kind of yeah. turned into this um this like three-headed dog mythical beast thing and you need to fight all the heads one by one it's really cool um just really neat it's a it's a fun video game from start to finish it's very kooky very classic spider-man quips characters um that ends in a, a really neat boss fight um yeah it's a cool yep. one definitely it might have ultimate spider-man beat in that sense i think the final boss fight in web of shadows i think it's definitely more memorable for me than uh ultimate spider-man i i'd agree with that it's yeah. it's one of the best final fights i think i've i've had in in definitely that era video games i think it was fantastic and and the, the cutscenes and everything and it was especially cool to do with uh with black suit spider-man mm-hmm. but uh, there are different versions of this game also so the mm-hmm. game that we're talking about today is the one that released on windows on ps3 wii and xbox 360 like you were saying earlier in the show but we did have other versions on the ps2 and the psp and we also had a third version on the nintendo ds uh the psp2 and the psp versions they're basically just 2.5d side scrolling brawlers um players alternate between spider-man's two costumes at any time just like in the one that we're talking about today where the ds one is uh even more so uh 2.5d kind of style very much a castlevania uh, Metroid kind of style game, uh, a lot of beat 'em up, basically just beat 'em up game that mm-hmm. harks back to the early like '90s Spider-Man. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Apparently, the DS one is is a neat game to play. I'd like to try it at some point. Yeah, me too. I love the the Spider-Man uh, Spider-Man Two on DS was a really good launch game too, and I played a couple on Game Boy Advance over the years. The mm-hmm. any 2D Spider-Man game is usually going to be pretty decent at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised, actually, that the uh, I mean, I know Activision were putting out basically five or six versions of every Spider-Man game that they made. So like <laughs> we said before, corners had to be cut when they had this fast turnaround time. Activision was still Activisioning in the early 2000s. They just <laughs> didn't have the they didn't have the Call of Duty. They, they were trying to work out how to basically make Call of Duty quickly. And they ended up basically just taking all of their studios and putting them on alternating Call of Duty years. So you have the Treyarch and the uh, Sledgehammer every other year and you alternate and then you just stop making everything else. <laughs> and that's kind of what's worked for them. But in the 2000s, mm-hmm. they were basically just putting all their effort into each one game at a time and you saw what happened. Disney dropped dropped them as their developer. But uh, I'm really surprised how much they, I don't want to say cashed in, but I'm really surprised at how much they cashed in on the PS2 version. Because I get that at this point, the PS3 was a few years into its console life cycle, I guess two years, but there's 140 million PS2s out there. And Spider-Man 2 was a really big deal on PS2. Like the Spider-Man games yeah. were big sellers and uh, good games on the, uh, on the PlayStation 2. And to just... To, I can understand maybe not making it exactly the same as the PS3 and the 360 version, but to turn it into a 2.5D platformer feels like such a downgrade uh, for such a pop, like a p- popular console and a relatively powerful one. Like they had made 3D Spider-Man, three 3D Spider-Man games on the PS2, um, and they basically turned it into uh, a PSP Pro. Literally a PSP a PSP game. I was yeah. going to say like a PSP Pro game, I guess, but it was literally yeah. the PSP game. Um, yeah really strange how how just how little they seem to care about the ps2 version it, it would have felt more like more sense if they had, that's what they had done to the wii version honestly um but yes. from what i've heard <laughs> uh, in youtube videos and reviewing for this episode is that the wii version is actually pretty good mm. it takes you it makes you feel more like spider-man obviously because of the motion controls and everything and the camera controls are a little bit better with the wiimote and the nunchuck um so that's a version that i would I like to check out every version of Spider-Man because they all have like they're all a little bit different. Yeah. But I can't imagine that the PS2 version for this game is easy to find. I I, 
I see this game on Xbox 360 pretty frequently in uh, in mm-hmm. game stores. Um, still expensive. The PS3 version pops up every now and again, but I don't think I've ever seen a PS2 version of Web of Shadows in stores. No, I certainly haven't. And I, I, I'm not sure if I've seen the Wii version. I think I have, I have. actually. Yeah. At one point, yeah, I, and I've seen all this trilogy, as they call it, uh, on the Wii before. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, it'd be interesting to play it on the Wii because I think, I think it would be cool at first, and I think I would get really annoyed yes. by it very quickly. Because I don't know, Spider Man, I don't need to be moving. <laughs> Spider Man's moving enough for for my liking. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to be moving along with him, and uh, and yeah. So it, it was nice at least to be able to kind of just as someone who has played a lot of Spider-Man games before, be able to just pick up what, what Web of Shadows and kind of get going on it. I think that is a big pro for me, for sure. But, uh, yeah. Anil, I think it's time that we read the back of the case for Web of Shadows. What do you think? All right, sounds good. But first, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. A deadly symbiote invasion is devastating New York City, consuming buildings, infecting citizens, and wreaking complete havoc. How far will you go to save New York? Fight on ground, up walls, and into the air in an all-new fluid combat system. Side with heroes or villains depending on your actions. Switch freely between red suit and black suit, each with its own unique fighting style. And Yahoo Games calls this game jaw-dropping. What the hell is is Yahoo Games? I don't even remember that. That's how you know it's good when Yahoo (laughs) Games... Look, that's true. Yahoo was on top of the world in in the 2000s. They they had to be everywhere. But uh, uh, we do love our reviews on this podcast, Neil. And do we have a review for our favorite new segment? Review that review. We do. But first, Victor, hit us with that other sweet jingle. It's time to review that review. Mike, I wanted to uh, talk about uh, a review of Web of Shadows. But first, I want to let you know, we, normally we do a review, that review of an old game, and we talk about a negative review of that game. We talk about how wrong uh, the, 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 mm-hmm. pe- the person was. And Web of Shadows has a pretty good fan base, including on Metacritic. And there aren't too many negative reviews of the game. Uh, I think the lowest one I found was around a 5. Uh, not too bad. So there were actually a lot of 10s, 9s and 10s for this game. And that actually piqued my interest because... Mm. It got me thinking, is this game a 10? Um, it's obviously very good. We've talked a lot about it. But uh, even playing this game in 2014 and later, um, it's kind of hard to give the game a, a perfect 10 um, just based on what's come out after it. So oh, yeah. I have a review here from Briegelbeek on Metacritic. And this is from 2013. And they say, my favorite Spider-Man game ever. The combat system takes the cake. It is incredible. It doesn't matter what suit you wear. The combat is awesome. The red suit offers more graceful and quick hitting moves, while the black suit gives you a much more powerful and in-your-face attacks. New Game Plus allows for you to carry your collectibles that boost your health and special bars, as well as all the moves you've unlocked. While the side missions are repetitive, I didn't care. The fighting system kept me entertained throughout the game and another three runs after. I got almost every collectible besides around 25 or 50 of them, uh, which is a first for me in a Spider-Man game, and I almost got every achievement. The story is goofy, but it's there, so the combat system can be used a lot. The boss fights beside the final are all great, and the moral choices only really matter at one point and then again during the spoiler. 
The art style is great, and this game really makes you feel like Spider-Man. They said it. This is a fantastic game and a must-have for any Spider-Man fan. I agree <laughs> with a lot of things that this reviewer says. Like we've talked a lot about the the fighting yeah. and the the plot and the combat and the story. Um, but just by just by saying how the side missions get repetitive and the graphics kind of take a bit of a hit and um, the story is a bit cheesy and there's a lot of obviously plot points missing. Um, Strange how you can give the game a perfect 10. I get the fact that you yes. love it, and I love this game too, um, but objectively speaking, I don't know if I could give Web of Shadows a perfect score. Yeah, whatever, whatever that means, I should say, because I'm not a huge fan of giving games numbers, but a 10 yes. kind of means it's it's usually, by definition, flawless. Um, but in, anyway. in this case, yeah, a 10 is flawless in the, the sense of, uh, of being 10 out of 10. Uh, so yeah, if you're saying something's 10 out of 10, you got to be ready to not write anything negative about mm-hmm. that game or, or very, very little because, uh, yeah, like, like you said, all the, the points that they made, I agree with, like, I agree with basically this entire review. I just think they put the wrong number. I mean, they need to change that 10 to an eight. And I think that's yeah. my review of that review. That's why I, I'm really, the older I get really starting to not like boiling games <laughs> down to a number. Um, no, it's it, not it, great. it's so subjective. Like you can give something a 10 or a, like a one that we've seen before. What game was it recently? Uh, <laughs> oh. was it Grim Fandango or something? I forget. Um, uh, but giving the game a one just for just, just the fact that you didn't like it, it might've been Pikmin or something. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, I really take it as like, is this a good Spider-Man game? And I say, yeah, it's a good Spider-Man game, but it's not perfect it's not the best spider-man game it's not definitely the one that i would recommend you play if you've never played a spider-man game before um the upgrade system is i would say a little bit rough actually collecting all those tokens there's like two thousand of them in the game and you don't know where they all are and it's just to increase your speed um that gets tedious like collecting two thousand tokens around a map um makes them impossible to find so there's definitely issues with the game so that's why i wanted to to ask you if this game is a 10 Obviously, we don't think so, but Mike, do you recommend the listeners out there pick up Web of Shadows if they can find it? If they can find it, I do recommend that you pick this game up because it is cool to kind of experience this pre-Arkham style uh, where it was what Arkham Asylum and City became, for sure. And uh, and also, like you've said, Neil, the, the whole idea of pre-Disney Marvel and, and that era and seeing yeah. these characters in the way that they are. And and it's it's almost like it was very surreal when I'm like, oh yeah, there's Luke Cage. And then I'm just like playing. I'm like, wait, Luke Cage was nowhere at this right. point in like the 2000s. Like, this is bold. This is really cool. I, then I started getting excited. That's when I started getting excited when I would see these characters and I'd see Vulture and I'd see Moon Knight and, and, and even seeing Black Cat. Like, I love Black Cat from the comics. I talked in the uh the spider-man episode that you mentioned earlier on the gamecube is cool podcast how i loved the spider-man comics when i was a kid i read them all the time and so seeing this now as an adult playing this i'm like i almost take it for granted and i think playing this game today almost everything in it you take for granted because so many games have now used this or so many franchises now like like uh, Avengers and Spider-Man franchises are using all this content, right? So you're playing mm-hmm. this and you're like, oh yeah, of course, like here's Black Widow, here's Luke Cage, like here's me symbiote, like here, like playing, you know, Venom, whatever, like I've seen all this before. I can now play this on a PS5, right? But like if you are able to kind of put your mind back in 2008, I feel like this game actually would have blown my mind if I played it in 2008. 
Oh, definitely. And that that's where I come from, too. Like, I'd recommend this game if you can if you I'd say like if you grew up in the early 2000s and you remember this era, it might be hard now if like you're you're a kid now and then you go back to a game that you weren't around for, like putting yourself in a pre Disney Marvel era. And like you said before, pre Arkham City era mm-hmm. as well, like it's tough. Um, maybe to go back to these types of games. Um, I think it's great. I think it's a really cool uh, historic piece of where we were with Marvel and comic books in the in the mid 2000s, basically. Um, yep. The game itself has aged relatively well, like with the controls yeah. as as repetitive as they get. Like you said before, Mike, you can get the the floor is really what what was it? The floor is high and the ceiling is higher or something. Like it's <laughs> low ceil- low low floor, high ceiling. There we go. You I butchered <laughs> that. Um, but... <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. Easy yes. to learn, difficult to master. This game is definitely a game that you can pick up and play. Probably better to play on Xbox, to be if I'm being honest. The PS3 controls, mm. a bit tough to go back to the PS3 controller now. It was, yeah. Especially weird for me having a PS5. Exactly. Like, Even a PS4. Like, why is this so light? I know. This thing's like a toy. I feel like it's going to crack. Uh, it's like you're playing on a like a Kinder Egg. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Xbox 360 controller is better to go back to. Um, I would definitely say to try and track that one down. It's just really too bad. We've talked about this a ton of ton of times before, but Activision games from that era are now basically impossible to find unless you can track down a disc, uh, which is really a shame. I don't think we're ever going to see the same care that uh, the Arkham games and some other Lucas games from back in the day are getting with these remakes and remasters. So if you can find a copy, I would recommend just buying it just for the, the sake of preservation. Um, yeah. just to have it and, uh, to, to make sure nothing, make sure nothing bad happens to these discs because, uh, it's going to be at one point, the only way to play them. And I'm glad that I have web of shadows and I'm going to track down shadow dimensions and edge of time. And even the, um, the other movie tie in games that I'm missing on uh, PS3, like Spider-Man three and amazing Spider-Man one and two. I'm kind of in the, in the mind space now of collecting all the, all those Spider-Man Activision yeah, games just to cool. have them. Yeah. It's just like a little neat piece of our history and games that I played back in the day, especially the, the ones that I've talked about before with Ultimate and Spider-Man 2, some of my mm-hmm. favorite games. But yeah, I would definitely recommend if you can, if even if you have to pirate it, do what you can, play this game. It's a weekend game that you can pop in and pop out and be done with it. You get a really cool story with some characters that you don't get to see a ton of. Um, even Venom, like it, it's a character that we know so well now, thanks to the movies and the Venom movies themselves and now Spider-Man 2. But there was a long time there where there wasn't much Venom love. And yeah. now it seems like we're getting it with the movies and the games and carnage is now in the movies and i have a feeling we're probably going to see a spider-man 3 with carnage in it which is going to be awesome because there's really one carnage video game one or two carnage (laughs) video games so he's even less so than venom so more symbiotes the better so hopefully we'll see more um and that brings me to my next question for you mike is the future of spider-man games would you ever want to see a spider-man game come out that's more akin to this style of the Spider-Man universe, uh, kind of away from the all the cinematic universe and the insomniac. I really like the idea of having like a spin-off Spider-Man series. I like the idea too of having a spin-off Spider-Man series. The only thing is that I think Spider-Man Marvel Spider-Man 2, whatever you want to call it. 2023 Spider-Man it's an, 2. It's annoying how they've named these games. Uh, so I'm going to say it right now. Someone's got to fix that. But uh, yes, uh, the new Spider-Man game from 2023 is really web of shadows in a lot of ways like for sure and and from what i've seen what i've heard i've already seen a lot of youtube videos while researching for this episode uh about people being like uh talking about how it is a spiritual successor in a lot of ways and it really does a, a lot of the things just better and more modern uh so i think it would be hard to like just make another web of shadows kind of style but i do like the idea of like having almost um like not not a beat-em-up but 
a more simple game. I like how you talked about how Arkham Asylum, the the asylum itself, the setting is another character. That's something we don't really get with games nowadays. And no. Grim Fandango was the same way. Uh, and we talked about that in the same sense too, right? How the setting was the character for Grim Fandango. Like you play it because of the setting as well. And you play and you have to like work around that and work around your environment. And I find e- even with newer, the new Spider-Man games, like sure, like New York is amazing. It's really cool to go to places that I have been to in New York. And we can be like, Hey, like there's the Rockefeller center. And like, there's like this, you know, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of cool things that we have actually been to that we can, go and just like step on basically his fireman yeah. uh which is really neat and I, I love love that part of it but it doesn't feel like the environment is as interactive as i would like it to be like asylum uh for example so it would be cool to have a, a very small like like spider-man in rikers or something or like i don't know a a, a small area like a majora's mask or an arkham asylum type game where i'm spider-man and i have to instead of just swinging everywhere I have to like I don't know be a more stealthier or stuff like that. Who knows? But that's kind of what I would like for a future Spider Man. I like where your head's at because it's, it's 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 what I've thought about too. But then like you instantly think like wait, the whole fun of being Spider Man is the swinging around part. Like it, it's hard. It to, is. It, it's hard to make it like still fun because they did make I think Edge of Time is a, a really closed off Spider Man game where you don't have okay. the um the scope of New York anymore i'm pretty i haven't played that game i think that that's more like a 2099 kind of game but i um i think that, that one's a bit more of that smaller scale like you're describing it i like the idea of doing like what shattered dimensions did where it's spider-man through different eras or different dimensions like uh yes. spider-verse kind of thing like doing all those different spider-verse spider-mans would be cool like a spider pig game um and spider-man noir <laughs> like what they did in shattered dimensions i think that yeah. that's a, that's a fun idea to do i would love the idea of like a spider-man kind of doing like an arkham prison kind of thing uh, where he's got all the prisoners there, but then you've got the the issue with how is he handling his web swinging? Is he even doing any web swinging? Maybe he's just doing simple webs web zips. Maybe his uh, mm-hmm. his shooters are dead or something. Um, even like a prequel, like a prequel Spider-Man game would be really weird. But I don't know. Like it's, it, I feel like we're always getting these bigger, broader New York, and we're not getting. I would be down to just have a straight cell shaded Spider-Man game again. Honestly, like you can keep it big. But I would just really like to play, I would really just like to play Ultimate Spider-Man HD. I think that's probably at the end of the day what I would like. I would like to see, I don't need to see photorealistic Peter Parker and photorealistic New York. Give me purple and pink and blue and green buildings and and a really flashy looking suit and, uh, and really goofy Saturday morning cartoon characters. Maybe make it something that I would feel okay giving like a 10-year-old kid to play instead of these uh, teen-rated games. Um, I think that there's a market for it to have the the, the shorter experience games um, like what we had back in the day. But, Mike, while I'm sitting here in my condo waiting for Ultimate Spider-Man HD to come out of the Activision archives, why not let listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 38 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. Neil, on episode 38, we are talking about another N64 game. No, it's not Spider-Man 1 on the N64. It is Star Fox 64, (sighs) a classic, classic game. Star Fox just celebrated its 25th anniversary last year. We had a whole episode about Star Fox Assault talking about that. So now 26 years later, still no new Star Fox. So we'll have to go back and (laughs) talk about Star Fox 64. We're going to have some friends of the show come on to talk with us. It's going to be a great time. We're really excited. Our first 64 episode since uh, Banjo-Kazooie. So um, we're going to give the N64 a little love here. 
Love it. N64, great console. Star Fox 64, great game. One of my favorite games from my childhood. One of my favorite Nintendo franchises that is so underutilized. I feel like I'm a I'm a sucker for underutilized franchises. Oh yeah. Um, nobody knows like young kids today. Young kids today don't know what Star Fox is. <laughs> I feel like it's like one of those like Star Fox 64 was a great franchise. All right, Grandpa, let's go put you to bed. Uh, one of one of those <laughs> one of those situations. Uh, I don't know what the hell Nintendo is doing with Star Fox, but the N64 no. version is a classic game today. Uh, an on-rails shooter, uh, great back and forth dialogue between some of the most iconic video game characters of all time. Do a barrel uh, game. roll. Do a barrel roll. Going to be saying that a lot next week. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that game with you. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 37 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. New show every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. And if you're a Spotify listener, please keep writing in on our new Q&A feature. We love reading the comments on the show. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. Supporters at the $5 level get to submit and vote on our monthly Patreon elected episode. You can follow us on Instagram and join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Wolverine, Mike says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. Our podcast is fan-funded by our listeners on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. The show is produced, hosted, and edited by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor Young. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. AJ Olson 11, Bogus Lotus, Cube Dude, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, Sparks Fly 027, and Way Overrated. I do not say hi, by the way, to Wolverine. No, I wouldn't he, say hi to him. I would just keep no, walking. If you saw him on the street, if you saw Wolverine on the street, <laughs> would you think would you think that's sus or would you think that that's actually Wolverine? In his costume or just yeah. a guy, a big guy walking down with Ooh. blades coming out of his hands? I like to think like like Wolverine's just walking down the street like like wearing like Value Village clothes, like trying to be trying to be inconspicuous, but he's like clearly mm. like a five foot seven huge hairy dude. Yeah, going to the grocery store, just seeing this guy. Yeah. Hair dude with some claws with some yeah uh, yep. I I that's us I'd be like that that would appear in our next week's us episode ooh yeah Wolverine in Toronto let's find him he's got to be up there <laughs> he's Canadian he is. <laughs> <laughs>